Get your fill of baseball news and beer reviews at foulballarea.com. Follow our blog for the latest news around the baseball world and read about some of our favorite ballpark beers. Tune into the podcast every Wednesday as we take a deep dive into the topics of the day. Stay connected by signing up for our mailing list or following us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Foulball Area. Now, here's today's episode of the Foulball Area Podcast with Matthew Atkins and Trey Lyle. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the latest episode of the Foulball Area Podcast. I'm your host, Matthew Atkins. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's edition of the podcast. We've got a good one on tap for you. Lots of news around the world of baseball as we are into award season now. We're right in the heart of award season, almost out of award season because there's only one left to give, and that will be given uh, later today by the time this episode comes out. A um, lot of off-season news, a couple of big free agents making moves already early in the offseason so we like to see that don't like how we usually have to wait until later in the offseason you know february or march to start seeing moves we're seeing stuff happening already so it's good to see refreshing to see that happen early on in the offseason trey how are you doing today i'm doing pretty good matt you know just trying to get through the week it is wednesday so uh it's a it's a busy time uh outside of baseball talking uh you know uh sports in the commonwealth especially with some coaching changes that are are almost modern so uh pretty uh pretty interesting times yeah pretty interesting time indeed um i i woke up to that news i was i woke up and i was you know scrolling my phone laying in bed and then i get uh, a push alert from the athletic it says justin fuente out after six seasons i was like what but never, no no I, I didn't think they'd do it on a you know tuesday morning and i'd get an alert from the athletic and hear about it but then i checked twitter and everyone's talking about it and Man, I, I got to say, I am really. It was going to happen. It was going to happen. I mean, uh, you know, we're not talking baseball to start, but it was bound to happen. Uh, it was a it was a not an if it was a win kind of situation. So, yeah, it, it, let's see what happens there. But let, let's talk baseball. It's award season. Let's let's get some positive stuff going. Yeah. So diving into the awards last week, we gave a little bit of a preview and prediction. We went through, picked who we thought would win each of the major awards. Three of them have already been given out. We've got the MVP left to go, and I think that'll be an exciting one to watch in the National League, at least. We think that the American League is pretty much a lock, but, you know, I, I, I still think Vladimir Guerrero Jr. could could have a shot. But anyway, uh, starting off with the Rookie of the Year awards in the American League, it goes to the man himself, Randy Arozarena. I mean, what's not to love about this guy? The cowboy boots, the postseason home runs. Love Such, such a fun player to watch and really deserving of the rookie of the year in his second season because of the weird shortened COVID season. He's in his second season, but he is the 2021 AL rookie of the year. Trey, I think you got that one, right? I think I went with Wander Franco in the American league, his teammate actually, but a Rosarina ended up taking home the hardware. Yeah. I mean, both deserved it. I think a Rosarina just playing a full season kind of got it done and coming off of a phenomenal postseason kind of again, you know, a lot of awards now are narrative driven. And I think he had the narrative coming in. He was the favorite and deserving. So, and then, you know, Jonathan India from the Reds winning on the national league side. I'll give you credit there. Uh, you got that one, right? I picked, uh, you know, the, the Cardinals uh, representative. I forget the name. Dylan my Carlson. Head. Yeah. Dylan Carlson, just because of the postseason uh, push he had, but, Jonathan India was consistent all year for the Reds team that contended for postseason play. Didn't, you know, fell off late, but uh, we went one and one in our, our rookie of the year debate. 
Yeah, India had a great season. He uh, He's the Reds' first rookie of the year since 99. He was a non-roster invitee at the beginning of the season, but he ended up making the team and led all major league rookies in on-base percentage, doubles, walks, runs scored, and games played. So fantastic season by Jonathan India of the Reds. And then we go over to manager of the year, and I think we both got this one wrong, the American League. You know, the, the Seattle Mariners had a fantastic season that came just short of making the postseason for the first time since 2001. And we all thought, or you and I at least thought, Scott Service had a very good shot at manager of the year for the Mariners. But alas, it was Kevin Cash of the Tampa Bay Rays who ends up taking home that award. The Only the second uh, manager joining Bobby Cox to Ayo. repeat as manager of the year. He led the Rays to Ties 100 all the way wins. back to the Braves. There you go. And maybe because the Rays hit the 100-year mark after getting rid of the, you know, basically they didn't have their three key starting pitchers from last season because Glass now got hurt in the middle of the year. Uh, I think he deserved it. I, I just, you know, to me, I always look at manager of the year of like, what was the expectations of the team and where do they finish? And like, no one had the Mariners anywhere close to the playoff debate. And the fact that they were one, one game away, I think... Um, basically made them deserve it. I think if the Mariners made the wild card, it would have been easier to decide. And I think we talked about that last week, but Kevin Cash is deserving one. And, you know, uh, he might be the best manager in baseball right now, just, you know, given the team he has and the kind of ability he has to adapt to his lineup and his pitching staffs and be so consistent. Yeah, definitely. Definitely one of the best managers in baseball right now. And what what you said about, you know, thinking about the expectations for the team and where they end up when you think about manager of the year. And that is why there was no doubt about the National League winner, Absolutely. Gabe Kapler of the San Francisco Giants, because Question, they had no expectations. If you're a Phillies fan, do you rather still have Joe Girardi or Gabe Kapler right now? I think, I don't think Kapler would have had this success in Philadelphia. I think it's a yeah. product, partially a product of you know, the resources, the players, the front office that San Francisco has. Well, so I think, I think he learned a lot. Off. There's an article, I think, in The Athletic um, about his success and failure and, like, how it shaped his ability to become manager of the year, which is, is pretty good. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think that, that he had to have that learning experience in Philadelphia. And now he's the top manager in the National League, set a record for uh, wins in a season for the Giants, 107 wins. In 2021, they needed all 107. (laughs) They did. They did need all 107 to beat out the Dodgers for the NL West title. Uh, He got 28 first place votes in the voting for uh, manager of the year. I'm not surprised at all because there there was absolutely no doubt in my mind. He was taking. I I completely agree. Uh, Pretty simple. Now, now Cy Young, actually interesting in the National League. I guess when you look at it, Corbin Burns had a better overall season than Max Scherzer. Max Scherzer just came on so late and. And, you know, the, the Brewers had a, a really good pitching staff this year. And so, uh, you know, I, I, a deserving Cy Young, but uh, shocked it wasn't Max Scherzer. Yeah, I'm shocked, too. Um, you know, Max Scherzer had such a great run in the second half of the season once he got traded over to the Dodgers. And I thought that that was just going to really catapult him to the Cy Young Award. And, you know, put it all together, he still had a fantastic season. He just wasn't as good during the first half of the season when he was still with the Nationals. But once he got to Los Angeles, he was on another level. But Corbin Burns, he had a great season as well. He led the league in ERA. He led the league in strikeout rate, strikeout-to-walk ratio. Uh, I don't remember what the um, what the 
the streak was, but I think at the beginning of the season, he set some kind of record for most innings pitched without a walk. I mean, he was, he was on fire at the beginning of the season Absolutely. and he was a great pitcher all season long. And I think he is the fourth Cy Young winner in Brewers third, third Cy Young winner in Brewers franchise history. So congratulations to Corbin Burns and the Brewers. And then moving to American league, it was a debate, you know, Oh, we had a, a debate and I said I wouldn't be upset if it was Robbie Ray and might it I just you know I felt like it was it was uh Garrett Cole's time and it turns out they gave Robbie Ray I think justly so the Cy Young like it, statistically I think he deserved it um so uh you, credit to you for you know pulling the trigger and you know my bias showing out there but <laughs> Robbie Ray heck of a year for the Blue Jays and uh, definitely deserved to be uh, the American League Cy Young and probably was the best pitcher overall in baseball. Yeah, he led the major leagues in strikeouts, led the American League in ERA and whip. He's the first Toronto pitcher to win the Cy Young Award since Roy Halladay in 2003. So pretty big moment pretty good for company. Toronto. Yeah, pretty good company. Yeah, that's for sure. So Robbie Ray taking home the 2021 AL Cy Young. What a All great season he had. Is the MVPs, which... The NL is up for debate. I mean, the AL is a lock. Like, yeah, we said it last yeah. week. It, it's Shohei Otani. Like, you know, you you talked about how great Vlad was and how great, you know, Marcus Simeon. Thanks for the party, pal. I guess Vlad Jr. <laughs> Vlad Jr. Much. only Vlad Jr. had the only argument. Maybe if he won the triple crown, it would have been a little bit better. But I mean, Otani, a top, you know, top five hitter all year and a top thirty pitcher, like. Yeah, like, no one's ever done I mean, that. Yeah, he, he's he's gonna win it. He I was just the think... best. He was. It's not even close. He was the best player in baseball this year. Yeah, I just think it's you know it's unfortunate that those seasons had to happen in the same the Angels year. Angels now have year... three top ten players, and I don't expect them to anywhere close compete for the AL West. Three top ten players. Otani, three top Trout. twenty. I'll I'll Rendon. Three top twenty. Okay, I mean, yeah. I, don't, Rindon, I, mean, I think he, we he had Rendon in our hurt. top 10. Yeah, I think we did. I think he's, we he's had a great Rindon player. In top, top 10 in the beginning of the year. So, yeah, it's just, he was just hurt a lot this year. Hasn't been uh, that Trout effective for them. But. So, and, and speaking of the Angels, I know I'm, I'm stepping on your feet here, and we're, we're going to talk to him in a no, second. That's, that's where we were going to go next. Let's go. So, we'll go hot stove, and then we'll go uh, an Angels manager somehow getting a job. Um, Noah Syndergaard, Thor, heading out to Los Angeles. One-year deal, a little bit more than his qualifying offer. I forgot he was coming off with Tommy John, but I, I tweeted, like, the Angels get competent pitching. And if Noah Syndergaard can come back from this Tommy John surgery as an, a, a reliable starting pitcher, that's, like, 10 times better than anything the Angels could have. So I really like the, the move if, if you're Los Angeles get a one-year deal for Syndergaard, and if he, he he comes back from Tommy John and he's going to be better in that year too, you can kind of see how he is and then re-sign him. I think you have a shot to really, you know, build your staff getting a number two pitcher behind Otani. Yeah, I just... Yeah, I mean, I, I like Noah Syndergaard. I think he's a great pitcher when he's healthy. It's just, it's just keeping him healthy. I mean, he, yeah. he missed all of 2020 after having Tommy John surgery in March of that year. And then he started the season, uh, you know, with the Mets in 2021, but he was shut down for six weeks. Uh, he had inflammation in his elbow. And then he was caught up 
again in September. Like it was May to September. He was not on the team. He was, he was injured. So the past two years, he's been out a lot with injuries. And even before that, I feel like he's dealt with a lot of injuries. I mean, he's had a couple of consistent seasons, but the health is just a big question for me. And I think that it's good. It's encouraging for the angels to see them go after a big name. This can't be the only starting pitcher they go after. Exactly. They have to do more because you can't rely on him to carry your rotation because he is too injury prone. So I like the move. I think it's good that they're going after starting pitching, but you got to do something more and you got to get someone that's more reliable. And it'll probably in the next couple of weeks, we'll, we'll break down, you know, a couple of free agents are being signed a lot more re-signs than anything else. But, um, it, it is interesting how quickly this is this market's forming, be, probably because the league's going to shut down soon, uh, just because of labor negotiations. Yeah, that'll be a fun time. A lot and, of stuff that I don't really understand, but we'll we'll try to break it down when that happens, when the time comes. And, and more news broke, you know, before we recorded today. Uh, rel- I'm assuming this guy is a reliable source when it comes to this. Ben Verlander. <laughs> broke the news that uh Justin Verlander is going to re-sign with the Astros one year deal 20 I believe 25 million dollars uh sounds to me like a very reliable source um, yeah I'd say so but uh you know after not pitching last season being out which I think affected Houston maybe not during the regular season but in the postseason because they had a lot of rely especially in the World Series rely on very young starting pitching it uh it, it's a it's a good move by them who has a young pitching staff and they don't have to rely on his rely on Justin Verlander as much as they did, you know, two, two, three seasons ago. Yeah, I'm not really surprised that he ended up re-signing with them. I think that the, it's a it's a good call for him. It's good for them um, because he is still a really good pitcher. Again, he has had some health issues the past couple of seasons, but he's still a very good pitcher, very talented. Um can carry their rotation even at his age he's i mean him and max scherzer i don't know how they're still doing it at this age but clayton kershaw too he's not quite Freaks. that old but uh yeah i think it's a great move for him you know he won a won a world series there you guys can't see me but trace sees me doing air quotations as, as i say that so hey you want me to hit my trash can while we do it next time <laughs> yeah there you go um you know he's had success there uh, want to Cy Young there. So I think it makes sense for him to stay there. And, you know, this team obviously is still capable of winning. They made it back to the World Series this year. So I think that it makes sense for him and it makes sense for them to bring up back a reliable top tier starting pitcher. So it's a good, it's a good move on all fronts. Exactly. I, I you know, I like the moves. If you're the Astros, I like the move. If you're Justin Verlander, um, you might as well end your career in Houston where you won the World won the world series as yeah. i make air quotes too i mean either either houston or detroit i don't see any point in going anywhere else for him right now he's not going to win in detroit so maybe he'll do the thing you know sign a one one you day never contract know. retire as a tiger i mean you never know they could be building things up you know you hear the the rumors about carlos correa possibly heading over there which that makes sense too aj hinch his former manager now the manager of the tigers it makes yeah. sense that Correa would want to sign with yeah, them. Yeah, we don't need to talk about that cheater who doesn't, who's an, yeah. Mm, I, I I like AJ Hinch a little bit. I don't think no, he No, we're not, I'm not talking about AJ oh, Carl, uh, yeah. I like, I like Hinch. I don't think he had as much a role in it as some of the other coaches that also still have jobs. Um, yeah. But I think. Alex that, Cora. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I think that, uh, you know, Carlos Correa could end up going to Detroit 
which um, would be good for the Tigers. You know, they they yeah, could go use, go be part of name. they could use a terrible money. team and not win. I'm okay with that, Carlos Correa. Never know. Speaking of other shortstops, because that's, you know, the biggest market this offseason, uh, Javi Baez is apparently getting some interest from the Red Sox. John Heyman reporting yesterday that the Red Sox are among many teams showing interest in Baez, who enhanced his market by showing unusual plate discipline and finishing big with the Mets. I don't know that Javi Baez is going to get as big of a contract as some of the other guys. Like, out of the shortstops that are free agents, the Mets. He could, and I wouldn't be surprised if that happened. But out of these shortstops that are free agents this year, I think Corey Seager is going to get the biggest contract. Probably Carlos Correa after that. Then Baez, and then Trevor Story. Is there anyone else that I'm missing? No. So I think it's I, I think that you know Baez will get he'll get paid. He'll get a lot of money. Is Trey Turner a free agent or is Trey Turner? Yeah, Trey Turner. Is he is a free agent, right? They traded him at the deadline. Yeah, but did he have a year left? That is a good question. That, yeah, he does have one more year left, so he's still with the Dodgers for 2022. But yeah, I, I think that uh, Steger is going to be the top shortstop in this free agent class. Javi Baez, though, getting some interest from the Red Sox, so that'd be interesting if he ended up going up there. I, I tell you what, I think it's going to be a good offseason. Like I said at the beginning, we've already had it's going to. December's going to come here quick. It's in yeah. two weeks. Matt gets married in two weeks, folks. Yeah. Live podcast, it is coming December quick. 4th. December 4th, live. Let's do it. <laughs> Mariah would be down for that. Oh, no, I don't think she would. I don't know what she would do if was, you know, just in the middle of the reception said, hey, we're doing a podcast. No, I just bring my phone up. I got it. I already got a plan. Okay, yeah, you handle that. You handle that. You handle all the technical stuff. You set it up. I'll just be there. Sounds like a plan. That's pretty much what I tell her about the wedding. You handle it all. You set it up. I'll that's what that. I've been saying to Courtney. Yeah, there you go. That's, that's how it goes. That's how it goes when you plan a wedding. All right. Maybe maybe that's an episode. Bring the, uh, I guess, your wife, future our future wives. And we'll have a wedding edition. Plan, yeah, wedding edition <laughs> of the podcast. Oh, man. I'll tell you what. The Braves needed to get on this Freddie Freeman thing because – he, I don't know what, what they're doing. Like, I heard a rumor that five years, $150 million was the contract they were offering him, which to me seems low. In my opinion, you just give him whatever he wants. Apparently, Alex Anthopoulos is getting hung up about that, you know, any more than five years. He doesn't want to give him more than that. I'm like, Yankees would give him 10. <laughs> they probably would. This is, this is your worry. generational player. This is this generation's Chipper Jones. You give him whatever he wants. I'll buy Make you sure that he retires and breaks. Matt, it's gonna be okay. I don't know if I want that. No, you you you're gonna enjoy it. It's gonna be beautiful. We're gonna have you wear it. We'll display it. It'll be our his his opening day photo. Will be our 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 podcast photo. It's gonna be great. No, I I don't I don't like that at all. The thought of him with any other team is just not. Not good. I don't like it. Well, what do you think about uh, a rival team making a move, finally hiring a GM? And I, I actually chuckled when I saw this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, it's it's the Mets. You know what? What do you expect? Yeah, if you didn't know, they hire uh, former Angels GM Billy Epler. I got the name right, right? Yeah, Billy Epler. That's what that's what I thought. Um, the guy who literally ruined Tr- Mike Trout's first half of his career. Um, 
And for some reason, the Mets are like, let's hire the guy who had the greatest baseball player of all time and made it to one postseason. So, um, kind of funny. No, really funny. And uh, as you say, the Mets are going to Mets. I mean, let's just look at the Mets' last three general managers. They hire a general manager before the season. He gets fired after it comes out that he was sending sexually explicit photographs to reporters. They hire another general manager. He gets fired after a DUI. Now they hire a general manager who's just bad at general managing. Like they. At least they, he might not get arrested. Yeah. Hopefully he doesn't have any off the field issues. Keep all his issues on the field because he's not a very good general manager. So, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Theo Epstein taking that job? No, I don't think Theo Epstein. He's, he's above that job. Everything that he's accomplished. I agree. I'm just saying, like, it's if like you're the when Mets, he, if you're the Mets, you don't give him a blank check and just. They, they should have tried. But, I mean, Theo Epstein went to the Cubs. Why not go? I mean, honestly, you look, go after Brian Cashman. Like, I don't know if Brian Cashman would leave the Yankees, but you kind of go to Brian Cashman like, hey, you know, you, you stay where you're at, you, but you kind of get a reset. You know, you haven't built a World Series team in a decade and. At some point, push is going to come to shove with the Yankees, and you're going to lose your job if you can't produce a winning team. So, do you, do you jump shift when you still have you know a life lifeboat? Which, granted, I think Brian Cashman has built enough of a reputation in the league. Like this is still a, a really good GM. You know, it's not like the Yankees have sucked. It's just yeah. haven't got it. so. I, I would expect him to get a job after if he if. Honestly, when he gets fired by the New York Yankees, because I don't see the Yankees winning the World Series next two years. Um, I think it's it's definitely much. Uh, it would have been an interesting proposition. Yeah, I doubt he would leave, though. I mean, unless like I, said, I agree, I don't think he would, to... but I could like those are two names I just thought off the top of my head. The match should have picked. Like, I just wonder, like, how did how many people said no? That's a good question. Like Probably, how many? Yeah, how many people did they have to try before they were like, "All right, we'll settle on Billy Epler." That's how. Yeah. That's how low we are. Like, like, like I was. How I was, could you watch the Angels for the last like eight years and see the greatness that is Mike Trout and be like, "I want the guy who built that team," just because he found Mike Trout in the first round? That's the only accomplishment. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what. What made them think that he is the guy to turn things around? But maybe they'll prove us wrong. Maybe. Maybe. You know? I doubt it. I don't know what it would take for me to believe in the Mets because this year, I, you know, they made so many moves at the offseason. They had the new owner. Everything was looking good. And I still knew they were not going to make the playoffs. Hey, maybe maybe with Billy Epler, he'll trade Jacob DeGrom to the Yankees. Maybe. And then. Then you'd have the best pitcher in baseball. And the second best pitcher in baseball. And I'm not even going to pick who's who. It just would be a fact. Yeah. That is true. So we can only hope. Oh, well, I think that's it. You know, we got free agency coming up. Um, MVP is going to be given out. It's fun time in the offseason. This might be the most interesting offseason just because of the labor negotiations that baseball's had in a long time. So. Yeah, I haven't heard too much about those recently, but it's coming. You know, it's it's, it's going to happen. It's inevitable. It's like Thanos. <laughs> I am inevitable. And I don't know if uh, and Scott Boris will say I am Iron Man and snap his fingers and maybe it'll get fixed. We'll see. Maybe. Because let's, let's be frank here. 
it uh, because if you notice the power structure of the Major League Baseball Players Association, if you look at their agent, it's really going to be like, what does Scott Boris want that thinks he's best for baseball? Pretty much. He's got a lot of power. He's it's ridiculous. The amount of power he has, like no, no agent really has that power in any other sport. Like, you know, in the NBA, maybe rich, like rich Paul doesn't like, and and I'm thinking of a top tier agent, like rich Paul doesn't, even though he has LeBron James as his agent, like, I mean, he's probably, and rich Paul has a lot of power in the NBA in terms of just top tier players and having the greatest basketball player that's ever lived. Maybe. He's probably think, the only. I think I think the greatest basketball player ever lived as his client and his best friend. He's probably the only other. Drew Rosenhaus maybe it... in the NFL just because he's prominent, but I really don't think that the NFL is so built like such a power structure. But uh, the only one I could think of is uh, what's his name in college football? Uh, the coach's one. Um, he he basically is in charge of all the coaches. Let me look this up. I was gonna say Scott Boris or uh, Rich Paul is probably the only sports agent that I could name besides Scott Boris. Like I feel like outside of baseball, agents in general just don't have that big of a presence or that much influence over the sport. But Scott Boris has Jimmy so much Sexton. influence. Jimmy yeah, Sexton there you go. is the um, agent in college football, and he uh, he basically every power coach is his agent, and so he has a lot of power that's that's what i was thinking of all right well that'll do it um as always please give us a five-star review you know we we would love to hear uh some five-star reviews and we will gladly read them on the air as i pull up the podcast app to see if we've had any recently let's hope so gotta get those reviews people I know we've got a couple, and they're all good. If I go to the show, let's see here. No, we don't. Oh, man. Come on, people. Step it up. Give us a review. Leave us a rating. Come on. We need to get ourselves up there more. So, Well, that will do it for this episode. As always, you can connect with us at Matt. Matkins in the news, something like that. I, I got to get used to your Twitter. Matkins handle. news. It's not that hard. It's just Matkins news. It used to be Matkins twenty one. Now it's Matkins news. All right. At Trey Lyle VT. At uh, as always. Thank you so much for at Foul Ball Area Facebook Instagram and Twitter. As always. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Foul Ball Area Podcast. Thanks for listening to the Foul Ball Area Podcast. Make sure to leave a review and a rating wherever you get your podcasts, and subscribe so you get new episodes as soon as they come out.